This is the On The Mark Podcast, bringing you facts, opinions, and personal experiences from the outdoor industry. I got the opportunity to shoot an AR-15. That was one of the funnest experiences that I had. It's, it's pretty exciting. It's a, it's a big rush. Presented by Sightmark, an industry leader in optics, bore sights, night vision, and more. Make your mark. Welcome back to the On The Mark Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hamilton. Uh, today, in the studio, I've got Caitlin Lowe's. Hello. And that's not the way I want to enter this. Hold on. <laughs> I told you I told you earlier how I was going to do it. Let's do it no, again. You're good. You're good. <clears throat> Welcome back to the On the Mark podcast. I'm your host Jeff Hamilton. She's a dental hygienist. She's a model. She's a social media influencer. She's an outdoor enthusiast. She's a hog slayer. She's Caitlin Lowe's. I got her here in the studio. Hello. Here she Thanks is. Thanks for having me. How's it going? Going well. Good. Very good. well. Um I'm glad that you were able to come in today. One of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about was um, just you and how you got to where you are. I mean, all the things that you do uh, from being a dental hygienist to very active in the outdoor lifestyle, um, repping all these brands that you represent. Um, how, do you, how do you juggle all that? But before that, how did you even get started? What, what started all of this? Okay, sure. That's a little bit of a story. I will give that to you. Um, a little background, I'm from Texas. My grandfather bought a ranch oh, back after the war, and so I grew up taking my horse out there riding. So I've hunted since I was a little girl. I was the only one that would go out there, you know, dad, brother, uncles. Um, so I just found myself always looking for things to do even outside of hunting season. So I would take my horse out there. Um, I, I really enjoy just being outside, and for yeah. me it's a big reset, especially from working in an you know, office all day long. Sure. So. Uh, I'd say I met James Sellers about maybe five or six years ago. Yeah. Uh, he had seen a photograph of me shooting my bow off my horse standing up and had called me in for an interview. I talked to some people, and then the next thing I know, I've been repping brands from Selmark for quite some time. And so that really kind of put my foot in the outdoor industry uh, on a social platform, so to speak. I'd never had any social media up until that point. For those of you who don't know, James Sellers is the owner of Cellmark Corporation, which owns Sightmark, um, which if you've seen Caitlin and you follow her on any of her social platforms, you know she actually does quite a bit with Sightmark. Um, so that gave us a little bit of a, a hint into how you got going with that. But let's right. talk, let's jump back to the more interesting part, which is you were shooting a bow off your horse? I was, yes. Right, like, what would, like how? Why would What would make somebody think to do something like that? Yeah. One, I just look for adventure in everything. Yeah. I was breaking my horse. I have had him since he was about 14 months old and sure. just kind of got a wild idea thinking maybe, well, maybe I can hunt off him one day. Yeah. And so I started with the bow, shot it off the ground, shot it while I was seated in the saddle. And, okay. and he was just so chill. I was like, you know what? I think I can actually stand up and shoot off of him. Wait, you were standing up when you shot off of him? standing up, yes. Oh, my yes. God. A target. It was you know way off in front of us, so yeah. obviously he wasn't in his like headspace. And he was in a dead sprint. Oh, well, he was just standing <laughs> No. <laughs> now, the, the dead sprint is when I actually shot the, the hog with the, a pistol. So, yeah, that, oh, okay. that story came a little bit later. So it has happened. <laughs> it has happened, yes. Uh, yeah, that's super interesting. Well, and... James is known for like seeing, you know, unique things and trying to bring them in. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad that he was able to make that connection with you and actually, uh, you know, bring you in and, um, yes. you know, help out Sightmark and uh, help you out in the same, you know, hand in hand type thing. But how did Absolutely. you, so we, 
we kind of talked briefly about you being a dental hygienist. At what point in time did you decide to go with the dental route of things? I, I'd always wanted to do something dental. Uh, pre-dental was, you know, when I played volleyball in college, that was my route. And uh, the college I went to at the time didn't have a dental hygiene program. I don't know if they do. They probably don't. But So I ended up having to transfer. And my thought was, well, I could be an equine vet or I could do orthodontics. And then I was like, well, that's, you know, a lot of school. Didn't want to go along that route. But then the hygienist thing my mom had suggested one day. And, it, I mean, it's great. I work four days a week. Okay. Every week I, you know, get good vacation. It's good pay. So that has really allowed me to be able to afford, support myself, I, you know, my own place. And I can, you know, take myself on vacations or buy extra things that I want. And of course, you know, that's funded all back into the outdoor industry, whether it's horse stuff, it's guns. However that song goes. Independent. Independent. Yeah. Probably sometimes too much, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Well, no, it's definitely not a bad thing. And people people sometimes underestimate how much it actually takes financially to immerse yourself in the outdoors industry. Right. I mean, a lot of the products and a lot of the firearms and just the opportunities that people are um, able to do as far as hunting and stuff like that goes, a lot of times that comes with a pretty big financial strain. Right. Which is why people are really enthusiastic about doing it. Mm-hmm. But then when they start trying to, they're kind of like, oh, I'll get one or two hunts under my belt. And then, right. you know, it kind of dies off. So right. Yeah, there's a lot of aspects <clears throat> to, you know, going that route. And I don't know, this might be too much information, but I run all of my extra outdoor stuff through a separate, like, business account. So gotcha. I can keep everything separate, kind of make sure it funds itself. And um, that way I have more of a platform to expand in the future, maybe to do my own brand of something. Oh, gotcha. Point. Yeah, that would be um, cool. It's just a different way of looking at things and keeping it straight. So, you know, with influencing slash ambassador type stuff, I guess I would say more ambassador since I've been with the company so long. And, you know, the backstory being, you know, a part-time employee and then kind of going out on my own doing contract stuff. But then I still feel like I'm part of the family here. Right, yeah. So that's been really, really helpful for me. Um, And, you know, being able to share that and talk to other people outside of the office and being able to float around a little bit more. There's a lot more social aspects to it. I do a lot more, you know, trade shows, events. You sure. know, I'm, I'm able to have a lot more flexibility that way, but then still kind of be in the loop, which has been huge for me. So what are some of the what are some of the brands that you currently work with? Oh, well, of course, we've got Sightmark, Pulsar, you know, Kofiager, kind of all the in-house type sure. stuff. Um, I just recently uh, did a really cool project with Bianchi Leather um, oh, cool. holsters. Yeah. And so Kodak, uh, I think, is a star of that one. The people um, up there are so sweet, but they uh, liked my persona of, you know, being the dental hygienist. You know, yeah. you've got a full-time job and then the horse thing, being the hog hunter right. at night. And I carry a pistol with me every time I ride. Yeah. And it just it just fit perfectly. So right. there's some more things I can't really say quite yet about that that will be released. So that was really cool. That is cool. Um, I'm a U.S. agent for Four Aces Outfitters out of Spain and South Africa. Okay. I've hunted internationally. Yeah. Oh, very cool. In Spain, I absolutely love traveling and food and culture and anything that really just gets me outdoors. But has a swing to being able to learn more sure. and, and uh, an insight to somebody else's Are world. you still Are you still messing around with suppressors at all? I do some here and there. Some uh-huh. here and there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Absolutely. Well, so you've already named, uh, you've named over, 
you know, eight to 10 business uh, companies right there, whether right. they're products or, or brands or entities of some type. Right. And those are probably more so the longstanding uh, ones. And they're with contract stuff, you know, things kind of come and go. You can either do it based on a project. You can do it more of like a long-term yearly type thing. So I have to look at it as, you know, what's going to be most beneficial for the company as well as myself, you know, how am I going to get them more exposure time-wise, but then also, you know, being able to kind of, like you said earlier, juggle all those different right. hats. Yeah, absolutely. Can be kind of challenging. Well, and, and the facts are that social media influencing is um, becoming a huge, it, I mean, it's a huge trend right now. Everybody mm -hmm. seems to want to try and get involved in that. Right. Um, but you look at yourself and somebody who has a full-time job, uh, four days a week as a dental hygienist, mm -hmm. you have a whole handful of brands that you're trying to juggle. How do you make time? How, how do you find time to do all of this stuff? Like if there's somebody, if there's somebody watching this right now or listening mm -hmm. to this, and their goal is to become a social media influencer of some type for some brand, right. what would your advice be to that person? You know, for me, I've lived my life a lot based on what I know for sure that I want and yeah. a lot of flying by the seat of my pants, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, I very much look at everything as an opportunity. So when I look at partnering with a, a company or a brand, you know, you have to evaluate what are they asking for what is going to be the return for yourself right. as well as, you know, the company too. So, you know, sometimes it's easier to do like a monthly stipend or you know you do it by project so you get a certain amount you know plus product or or how that really works but I for myself and the way that I one treat my patients you know friends and family and just people in general also business uh, transactions I like to see myself as uh, more of a long-standing you kind of get to know the people as family like you you, you have to have that dependable trustworthy sure. it's not just well let me just you know post this for a free t-shirt type deal. And, and there's not anything against that. But for me personally, I, you know, I'm all in, like, I want to make sure that if they get, you know, text me or give me a phone call, they know that I'll be there regardless. Right. And so that my perspective on that can be a little bit different. Um, some people are more used to just doing projects as they are sure. and moving on to the next thing. And I just, I, I invest myself so much in the outdoors that I, want my persona to be something and it's too challenging to pick up things here and there uh, and, and to, to stick with one thing sure. like you have to create value you have to create create um, legitimacy yeah and i think floating around too much can make that not um, as feasible or not what you want yeah i can i can definitely understand that mm -hmm. one of the big things that i learned about you early on when i started working for sitemark um and i was pleasantly pleasantly surprised because it happens more often than people realize, but uh, you're not a gun bunny. That is correct. The gun bunnies are these women who actually don't have anything to do with the industry, and they dress, you know, half nude and hold a firearm, right. and they get their likes and views that way. And right. some brands pick that up and go with it. Um, you are a actual outdoors enthusiast who actually uses the products and goes hunting, mm -hmm. um, doesn't have to rely on that crutch. Um, so it was awesome to see, you know, you be able to build up that way while maintaining a full-time job, doing everything, I'll say ethically, with the full knowledge of everything that goes in behind each one of these brands. Um, the time that it must take you to, to develop all of that, um, 
I mean, I, I'm not organized to even kind of <laughs> do any of that. Well, that's probably a little so. of the OCD of the hygienist in me being super organized. Yeah. So that's really helped. But, uh, but go jumping back to your comment on the, the gun bunny thing. You know, people think. Call them out. Who's the gun bunny? <laughs> I, I, I say no negative things. Okay, all right. No, um, but, you know, being scantily closed and, and, you know, of that nature, you know, I just want to say thanks to my parents for raising me. Yeah. And, you know, at the time I thought maybe they were really strict, but now I look back and I'm like, man, I really, you know, sure. I, I came Those are the type well, of values so. I've been trying to push off on Brandon back here, who's <laughs> running some of the uh, video that, equipment. That's pretty uh, funny. But because we've been having some issues with him uh, as far as that aspect goes. Brandon? Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. You know, he's the wild one down here. But, uh, but no, you got to think about who your audience is as well, too. You know, if I don't have any children yet, at some point, I don't want them to look back and think, that's. Are you single? No. Ooh. I'm not single. Tough. But because I've been trying to hook finger. somebody up. I've been trying to hook somebody up on the show. I got a lot of eligible uh, bachelors okay. and bachelorettes <laughs> listening to this. And I've been waiting for somebody, but so far, everybody's been taken. So. Taken. You know. Um, Earlier, you mentioned Kodak, but we hadn't really discussed Kodak much yet. Um, Tell me about Kodak, and is he your first horse? No, no. Gosh, my first horse actually was a miniature horse, so (laughs) he was older than me. Did you stand on the miniature horse as well? I'm sure I did. You know, (laughs) just riding around like a little crazy thing, bareback. That's how I grew up riding. Sure, yeah. Basically on a miniature horse. She passed away, not this... I guess not this November. It's been maybe two years. She was yeah. 36. Oh, wow. So I grew up riding my whole life, so that's like nothing for me. Yeah. Um, I had a big horse who passed when he was 30 when I was in hygiene school, and then I got Kodak. My mom actually, uh, for Mother's Day, surprised my brother, my dad, and I with a big gift, and yeah. Kodak was mine because she loved us all so much. Now, now what so, type of horse is Kodak? He has a leopard Appaloosa, a and leopard. he's actually quite big for his uh, his breed. So oh, the breed okay. typically is a little bit smaller. They're more like front end kind of heavy, and obviously, you know, back in the day, they were more, you know, Native Americans rode them. Um, but they originally, I believe, came from Spain. Yeah. Um, so their their stature is is heavy in the front. They can climb cliffs. Their feet are very hardy. They're not as like delicate. They're bigger boned. Yeah. Uh, but they're not usually as tall as Kodak. So he's about sixteen hands. Yeah. So okay. he just turned 10 in March. For those of you who don't know, hands is how you measure how tall a horse is. Correct. At the withers, like yeah. where the saddle goes. Yeah. So so but. literally take your hands and find a horse that's standing and count them up. And that's how, I'm not sure if that's how I you I believe it's that. like this. It's like that? I think so. Okay. Like um, hand is four inches. So I've, I've witnessed myself following your social. Um, you shoot off of Kodak firearms quite a bit. I do. So what's the process to getting a horse comfortable with that? Obviously, I mean, they used to do it back in the day, Mm -hmm. um, but more modern times, not that many people do that anymore. Right. What's the process to training a horse to, you know, not freak out every time you shoot a loud firearm off his back? Well, you know, they're going to, they're going to move quickly to a certain extent, you know, how much they trust you is, is another picture. Like, I guess an example I can give, um, you really need to start with you first mm-hmm. because if you're not comfortable, number one, they can feel it. They can feel it. Yeah. They, they can sense your nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're, they're very, very intelligent animals, but also some horses are just not meant to be yeah. used for that. Yeah. And so that's something you really have to pay attention to as well. Um, how do you know, know though? I think just having a... Can you test them out before you buy them? You can, but I don't believe that... Shoot a firearm off by his ear and see how he reacts before they... No, they won't let you do that? I I think one thing I cherish with him is the bond that we have. It is so deep, and 
I mean, he knows me when I walk out there. Yeah. He just, he, he knows what I'm asking. And, and when I shoot off of him, he actually, to me, is safer than when I'm on the ground because really? it's almost like he knows he has to take care of me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would say definitely start with yourself first. You know, be realistic. Know your riding abilities. Sure. Because if you can't hang with that, the yeah. horse can freak out about anything. And there's still things that, you know, I make sure I pay attention to as well. Right. Because they're just animals. Right. You know, they're going to still do what they want to do. But sure. as far as shooting off of them, you know, getting getting them used to something that's not quite as loud and working up to an unsuppressed. Yeah. Like, so I shoot unsuppressed and suppressed and, you know, both. I mean, it's just different stuff. A lot of desensitization. I spend a lot of time yeah. trailering him places, exposing him to different environments or, you know, like my neighbor has a giant, um, like, I don't know, ball that she blows up that the horses can kick and get used to. And so things that are unnatural, oh, really? yeah. anything like that, yeah. you know, really helps them to get the confidence within themselves to be able to trust you more when there's something they're not sure of. Well, Kodak definitely trusts you. Yes. Um, to what extent, I don't know. But it's a lot more than our horse trusts my mother on the farm. Mm -hmm. um, and don't ask me a lot of technical questions about the horse because I just don't know. But... I will tell you that we did a photo shoot here recently where you brought Kodak out to the building. We went out behind Sightmark here. Uh, there's a little creek. We took a lot of photos and some videos, and it was an awesome day. Um, mm -hmm. But towards the end of the day, you were like, come on, Kodak, let's go jump in this creek. And you just walked him straight into the creek, mm -hmm. like up to his chest. Oh, yeah, and he and, swims, too. Like, and he'll he, full out swim. He was just like, yeah, I do this all the time. And, like, it was just perfect, no issues. Mm -hmm. Two weeks ago... My mother, who rides her horse frequently, decided she was going to try and take her horse across mm -hmm. the Brazos River, and that horse, like, took back twice when she got to the bank. He, like, mm -hmm. backed up twice, and mm -hmm. she was like, no, come on, you're going, and tried to force him. She was very comfortable, but he just said, nope, reared up. And then fell into a ditch, and they both fell over on their backs. Right, and that is probably the most dangerous <clears throat> thing with the horse. She almost got Yellowstoned. Do you watch Yellowstone? I should. You should. I you should. should. It's I awesome. Yet. I've heard a lot of really good in things. In Yellowstone, about it. Um, yes. it's a little different scenario, but in Yellowstone, a, 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 a horse fly bites a horse on the mm. butt. It rears, rears up, throws back. the rider off, and they get a T post through the chest. Yeah. Yeah. That's the stuff you have to be real careful for. Yeah. I mean, this is a movie. But my mom, <laughs> rolling around in this ditch on her back, she learned a hard lesson, which is you got to make sure the horse trusts you. And right. you trust the horse just as much. Right, right. And be able to kind of pick up on their uh, um, body language before things happen. Mm -hmm. like I, it's almost like I have this, con an avatar connection to yeah. it, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, okay. Um, I want to tell a little bit of a story um, about the first, one of the first times I met you. I started working at um, Sightmark, and I think it might have been, it was either Texas Trophy Hunters or Dallas Safari Club. I went to work a trade show, and um, I was working the same time you were. I don't know if you remember this, but I was brand new to the company. I knew virtually nothing. I mean, I I knew what I've been hunting my entire life, mm -hmm. but dealing with these products specifically and knowing everything about them, um, you know, the different reticles, the different features, nothing. A little okay. bit of a learning curve. Yes, it's not like you can just go jump in your backyard and, and it ma magically know all this stuff about so every type of AR. You show up. Rifle. Yes. We're working together at this trade show. You show up, and I'm like picking your brain to try and learn like anything I can in the last second because I know I got people who are about to come up and start asking me questions, mm -hmm. right? 
Um, that's the best way that I find to learn stuff really fast, by the way, is like put yourself in a scary ass situation. So you got to learn it. It's like you're drinking through a fire hose. Yeah. Which is, which is exactly what happened to me. But what I noticed was something, um, that just absolutely blew my mind. There were people who walked up to the booth and walked right by you without acknowledging your existence and walked up to ask me, somebody that had been working for the company for like a day, mm-hmm. questions about the products. And I'm just like, well, you walked by the most knowledgeable person. That, yeah. that's, that's a stigma that comes with the outdoor industry and just yes. all too often, generally men tend to think that women don't know you know, as much as what a man might know who's so standing right mm-hmm. next to him. Mm-hmm. Do, is that something that you find quite a bit? Or is that kind of starting to – because women have uh-huh. been emerging within the outdoor industry. I think we're the, the fastest-growing part of the outdoors. Pretty, Absolutely. Pretty much. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced similar types of things I, in I your have. career so Starting far? out, I would say – in the beginning more so than now, just because I've kind of established myself some. But there's definitely been times where I've been at trade shows. Like you said, they walk right by you. I go up to talk to them and help them, and they just kind of, like, blow me off. And then it's like I start spitting out the specs and, you know, hunting this, hunting that, and they kind of, like, look at me like, okay. No, it was funny for me because I was like, right. here's a rifle scope. I don't know anything about it, but she does. Right, Right. yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Well, and then, you know, you kind of go through the whole spiel of stuff, and I probably hunted – you know, with thermals more than the people that I've talked to. Yeah. Not everybody. Right, yeah. But they'll immediately turn around. You know, when, a, when a, one of the other guys is free on the floor, they sit and they literally ask them all the same exact questions and they give them the same exact answers. Yeah. I just kind of look at them and I'm like, okay. They're know, like double-checking you know? your information. Right, yeah. exactly. Which is fine. Like, so be it. Like, at some point, you know, you got to pay your dues and that's just part of going into an industry that's right. you know, more dominated so than female. I think, you know, male to female ratio I guess but again you know it's the fastest growing section of the industry and so being able to um, communicate and know who you're talking to makes just the whole situation more successful for you and the company and and the consumer that wants to buy something right and once people talk to you even for a brief amount of time they feel your confidence in your speaking and like your knowledge of the products comes out just in the confidence that you present with it right um, and I will say, you know, a tip too, like if you don't know something, don't really just make it up. Don't like say, I don't yeah. know, because <laughs> then that's going to, you know, give that other person. Right. Well, okay, she's actually being truthful or we'll figure it out. And exactly. that's, just, that's just how I believe, you know, life should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in, in, in any avenue. Mm-hmm. So um, what's the last hunt you went on? Oh, my gosh. It's been a little while. What's, what's the most do? memorable hunt you've been oh, on recently? Oh, okay. Let's Story with way. my horse. Huh? A story with my horse. A story with the yes, horse. Of course. Anything I can like shoot off my horse. Let's hear it. That's just what you got. The most exciting thing. I was um at Hawksdouble Mountain Ranch. This is Whoa, wait. Hogzilla? Hawks Double Mountain Ranch. Hawks Double Mountain Ranch. Yes. I heard Hogzilla. Hogzilla. Well, the thing that I shot was actually kind of a Hogzilla. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, oh, what don't give it to me yet. Okay, go back. We're at the so, ranch. So yes, yeah, so we were hog hunting um off horseback and I had shot went across a water tank with my my rifle and um you know he kind of ran off when you look back at the video footage you could see him kind of like cringe but they don't always go down yeah. as fast he was probably maybe 75 yards across well as soon as that happened it was like popcorn i mean these hogs were everywhere really? and as we were sitting there we sat there for maybe 20 minutes trying to get a good shot on the one that i actually ended up shooting he was to my left i could see his eye and his ear but i didn't really have his 
good of a shot to where I felt comfortable taking that. Cause the whole really, time you're on Kodak. Kodak, right. Okay. He's just he's just standing there. Uh huh. And you really need to know, obviously, like what you're shooting past. And right. There's yeah. more to it than oh, I'm just going to shoot this hog because mm -hmm. I see it. So, um, after I shot the one across the tank, they all scattered. And, and we took up off this ravine, uh, and Jamie, my gosh, he's like one of the best guys ever. He, we had so much fun. But he took off after one group. I took off after another group because the hog I had originally seen was a really, really big spotted black and white one. Yeah. And I could tell it was a boar by the sound. Mm -hmm. And it just, it was huge. And so he goes off. I don't know where he went. And I'm sitting here looking around like, what just happened, you know? Yeah. And I could have shot at some of the other small ones, but I'm like, I was on a mission. Like, yeah. once I get my mindset to something, it's like done. Yeah. And I'm scanning the, the horizon and I see this hog and I'm like, oh my gosh, there he is. And so I just get a beeline. I'm running straight to him. And it was really bizarre because Kodak like locked in on him. Really? He did not slow down. If anything, he sped up when he realized that that's what we were chasing. Yeah. So I had my rifle, you know, slung across the, the saddle horn and then I had a, uh, HK 45 pistol that I had used okay. that I shot him and I chased him down with the pistol. So now I have a full body hog mount in my living room right as you walk in the door. Oh, sweet. So that was a pretty cool, um, felt like you're in a movie almost. Yeah, very but, cool. So you got yes. the whole thing mounted. The whole thing. He was big. Yeah. He was a real big one. And I, I wrote a story about it. And that's the other thing I was going to tell you earlier is I actually do write articles um, for outdoor magazines. Um, and I don't know, I just wrote a story on that and oh, Kodak cool. and I and different very things. cool, yeah. yeah. So what, uh, which magazines, you know, off the it's, top of your hand, um, which ones you're just in? Hog hunting magazines. Hog hunter. Uh -huh. And I do yeah. different little, um, I don't know, what do you call them, blurbs or um, yeah, type stuff for different product reviews sure, and whatnot. Sure. The last product review I did was for one called the Trophy Shot. Oh, gotcha. So yeah. just different stuff here and there. Okay, you know? cool. Um, all right, so you have just chased this pig down, shot him with your forty five, right? Kodak yes. like locked in on him. Yes. So then what happened? Then I looked around and I was by myself in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, eventually uh, Jamie and I found each other and uh, I had put my rifle down next to the hog. I had to drag him out of the brush. We were in some shinery brush so I could make sure I you know, located sure. and knew where he was. And so I drug him up to this road and then left my rifle there leaning against him and went you know, to go find the guide. And he looked at me and he was like, what happened? Because we got separated. Yeah. And I tried to contain myself from my excitement and I just busted out laughing and he was like what happened to your rifle he was like did you get a pig I was like yeah I did and it was the one that I looked at and yeah. of course we were all excited whenever he rode over there and um, so that was a pretty fun moment just to be in such a beautiful place it was in West Texas yeah I love West Texas I think West Texas is so pretty West Texas. for hunting terrain yeah it's very underrated yes it's very underrated yes it's like a flat desert out there mm -hmm. a lot of people don't like that mm -hmm. but there's a lot of uh, a lot of cool pigs out there uh you said it was pretty big did you get it weighed by it any was. chance we did but honestly i don't remember what it weighed i mean plus it had two, to... 200 or more oh, oh yeah, easily. Yeah. yeah easily oh yeah yeah, yeah anytime they hit the 200 mark or over i'm just kind of like yeah it's huge one well, who's really tall and really like long too so on the mount i mean he's he's a, it's a big mount yeah. a very big mount i have um it's funny i take out the uh, sightmark wraith and i get a lot of uh through device footage with it and so when i go out on my place i have a lot of pigs and i'm focused on killing those pigs but for marketing purposes my main focus is to get re good recording that we can use and some of the recordings mm -hmm. and stuff that you'll see on like um our social platforms or you know maybe through advertisements i've actually done some of those out at my that place doesn't surprise me yeah well What's funny is this last time I went out, I'm recording with the Wraith through device. I have a pig at my, so my deer feeder right now 
has a trampoline frame around it. And that frame is actually mm -hmm. a pig trap. We put some cattle panel around oh, it. Oh, cool. And it's got a guillotine sliding door. Okay. So I use that I use that trampoline frame just to keep the cattle away from my deer feeder because I've also got cows on the place. Mm -hmm. So I'll set the trap occasionally and catch pigs. But um, I, for the most part, I just use it to keep the cows away mm -hmm. so I don't knock over my feeder because otherwise they're little assholes. They'll, they'll just <laughs> stomp on it. They don't care. Right. <clears throat> I am out recording one night, and I scan over, and I look down towards my feeder, and there's this giant object. I'm like, I don't know what the heck that is. So I get out of my side-by-side, um, -side and I start walking up to it because I don't want to spook it off. Well, the trampoline frame, you know, you're looking at about three foot high off the ground to the top of the trampoline frame. Mm -hmm. It was a hog, a single hog all by himself, and I swear his back, I have video recording of this, his back is to the top of that trampoline frame. Wow. And I get like 40 yards from this thing. And I'm just hyper-focused on getting good footage, right? So I'm like, I video him for like a solid two minutes. And my my reticle is right uh -huh. on his like shoulder. Like uh -huh. I had That's a perfect shot. I had a perfect ear hole shot. I was like, man, I have the perfect shot for like a solid minute and a half. Mm -hmm. But I'm also getting good recording. So I'm like recording right. this thing forever. And uh, it turns and it starts to walk away. And it's walking away from me kind of at a slight angle. And I'm just a dumbass. I was like, all right, now I'll take a shot. And so I tried to position it on his shoulder that's, you know, close to me instead of, like, just shooting through his body. Um, I still tried to make, like, an ethical shot. Well, I ended up pulling too far to the right when I mm. shot. And I missed him. Oh, and I had no. to watch him run away. Oh, no. on, yeah. And so that was my failure of the week, um, unfortunately. But he was definitely a 200-plus pig. I mean, you talk about a hog that the back of his – that's his enormous. back stands at about three foot tall. Mm -hmm. um, it's absolutely insane. Now, I've seen him a few other times. His days are numbered. I promise you, his days are numbered. I'm going to get him next time. I'm I not going to care about you. recording the stupid <laughs> stuff. I'm just going to shoot him. Doing your homework, you're just going to... That's it. Yeah, Selmark's going to have to take a back seat to <laughs> killing that pig because he already got away from me once. That's awesome. Um, it's I such a rush. I love hog hunting. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I want to change gears real quick. Yes. Um, you are involved in Stewards of the Wild. What is that? So Stewards of the Wild is a young professionals program that helps to support the mission of Texas Parks and Wildlife. Okay. It uh, really helps to get people engaged who either are not in the outdoors, who want to be in the outdoors, or connects people who are in the outdoors, you know, to um, other people around the area that you may not know. So it's kind of a social type thing, but we also focus a lot on conservation. Okay. The land, the animals, you know, current topics. We have a fishing... Um, program i guess we do once a year with some children okay teach them how to fish even their parents we've learned really? to teach yeah. them how to fish because they haven't done that as well and sure so that's really cool we do educational stuff we'll have biologists come out we recently did a outfitter night where we had vendors and different outfitters from around the local area come okay. in and the, the public can visit with them talk about what they have to offer uh, what else we, i mean there's a, there's so many different things that we do and sometimes we do like women focused events or clay shoots or just different stuff but so it's not just for children it's for, correct it's for anybody right uh-huh we the age groups we kind of you know say is 18 to 45 so okay. kind of that young professionals oh gotcha yeah. group um age group that just you know a lot of them have younger kids a right. lot of them just i don't know it's it's a really really awesome i'm actually the co-chair 
okay. this year, uh, this year, next year, and uh, have been on some hunts that we have actually mentored down on the coast. So I've mentored at the Powderhorn Ranch down around Port Lavaca, which is uh, south, I don't know, maybe by Port Aransas, sort, sort of speak, kind of sure. on the, that side. Yeah. Um, the first group I mentored a female, the second group I mentored a male, and it's just one of the most rewarding things when you get to your point in your hunting career in a sense or just hunting in general where you can pass along your knowledge to somebody who's brand new. None, sure. of, the, none yeah. of the the mentees had actually hunted before. Really? And yeah. so being able to bring and teach them about the rifle and how to stalk an animal yeah. and how to process that animal. So we go from start to finish of, you know, they need to learn the basics of things, yeah. and then we sit and we help them quarter the animals and, and take it to the family. Very and cool. One of the most rewarding things I, I got out of that was being able to follow up with them afterwards and have listen to the stories of them telling their children what they did. Yeah. It's just one of the coolest things yeah. ever. So there's a lot of in-the-field stuff that we do as well as you know off-the-field yeah. social event type stuff. So That's very cool. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that you know, Sightmark really – kind of prides himself on is trying mm-hmm. to get, you know, being proactive and trying to get more people involved in the outdoors industry and the hunting and um, just anything, just get outdoors and do things and be active. Right. Um, so I'm glad to see that you've kind of taken this step into to becoming a part of that. Mm-hmm. If somebody is just now hearing about Stewarts of the Wild for the first time, yes. what do they need to, what do they need to do if they're interested in, you know, getting involved or maybe, you know, Become sure. well, like looking all, to you to mentor them, or right. well, what can they can do? Feel free to message me on Instagram if you need to. Um, I'll do what I can to help direct you in the right path. But I would just Google Stewards of the Wild Fort Worth. So they have chapters all across the state, Austin, oh, gotcha. Midland. So wherever you live in Texas, there's a little bit closer air than probably Fort Worth if you're not from here and live here. Sure. So I would do that. I would go with your chapter first. But there's also a Stewards of the Wild Texas account that basically is, you know, where everybody kind of like posts things and you get more of the the main streamlined news you know you don't you get as much of the localized chapter stuff unless you follow that chapter gotcha. so really i mean being all over the state i mean there you can connect to so many different people yeah i mean i, I would say just don't hesitate to ask and don't right. hesitate to show up to stuff by yourself i cannot tell you the amount of times i've gone by myself somewhere because meeting one person can change your life forever right you just you just never know so yeah. don't be afraid and most everybody's really nice anyway oh, everybody yeah. loves the outdoors and the other thing i can kind of piggyback with that is you know if you don't have a place to go hunt there's a lot of public land around here texas right. has a very very high number in public land yes um you know get a camera go take pictures of birds right go on walks go on hikes go fishing you know fishing is a, a really good um, entry to the outdoors because it's a little bit more easy to access yep. but then at the same time like you can get super specialized in the fish that you're looking yeah, for absolutely same thing with hunting i um, mean you know, hunting hogs is year round so looking for species like that to be able to have flexibility with your schedule right. definitely helps yeah absolutely um, whatever whatever it takes to just get outside and get involved in some aspect of that just right. disconnect from your daily grind yes get your reset Right. Because it will it will benefit you endlessly. You talked about there's different chapters within Texas, or, or do they have chapters outside of Texas? Or are they in Not other states? Not that I know of. I believe okay. this is only a Texas thing. Okay. And I've actually had people message me that live outside of Texas and and say how cool it is that we actually are doing something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's very cool. So. Awesome. Well, just like you are mentoring people now through Stewards of the Wild. I know that you had a mentor as you were growing up. Yes. Uh, you've told me in the past about your grandfather and how yes. much he meant to you and oh he kind of shaped you. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your grandfather. He's, you know, he's 96. 
he still goes hunting. I'm looking forward to actually hunting with him this this weekend, opening weekend of rifle season. Very nice. So I think of all the times I've ever been out there, I think I only remember him missing once. Really? One time. Yeah. You know, and it was one shot drop. He cleans the animal before you get out there, <sighs> makes everybody coffee in the morning before we get out to our stands. Wow. And so being able to provide the outdoor, you know, entry to the land there. Yeah. You know, my brother and my dad go, so I've learned a ton from, from either of them. Right. Uh, my brother does a lot of bow hunting stuff, so that's where I get the bow mentorship. My dad, uh, I had shot my first deer with my dad, and sure. I will never forget, it was super early in the morning, I had fallen asleep in the blind, and I wake up and this bird flew like right at my face and landed on the window, and I got a really weird thought thinking, today was the day, yeah. you know? And so I shot my first deer, and it thought I missed him because when he fell, he fell in the shadow, like right between the shadow and super bright. Yeah. And you know, you don't always know what to look for in the in the shade. I guess differences. So yeah. I was all sad, and my dad was like, "Well, go down there and look." I still didn't see him, and he goes, "Go a little farther," and I just freaked out. I flew and I ran and jumped <laughs> in my dad's arms, and he was holding the rifle up over his head, <laughs> all excited. And uh, he said, "I'll clean your first one for you, but after that, you're on your own." Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I about puked <laughs> the first time I saw my dad uh, clean the deer. But after that, you know, that's one of the parts too. Now I look and I'm so appreciative of man. There's so much that goes into yep. um, your body, basically. Yeah. So you learn so much in that aspect of it, and that that's the full circle of the reward of. You know, we shoot one deer a year pretty much yep. and take care of the rest. And that's your meat for the year. And, yep. you know, so yeah, absolutely. I've been very thankful for those those people and um, being able to pass my knowledge to uh, my friends and, you know, other family and stuff that haven't been able to do that has is, is been pretty cool. Yeah, that's so, very cool. Yeah. I got to tell my first deer hunting story. Yes. Now, let's hear it. Uh, well, my first deer that I killed anyway, it was my first hunt, but my first deer that I killed my uh dad i was probably i was about seven or eight and um my dad's like all right you know what i'll take you hunting in the morning so he gets his coffee ready and i'm like excited i get decked out in camo and everything like that and uh, he's like all right let's go and he opens up the back door and we literally walk straight out my back door like 75 yards and he puts out two lawn chairs and I'm like, what are we doing? He's like, we're hunting. And I was like, we are. And he's like, yeah. And he grabs a, a tree branch that had fallen off of a tree and just pulls it over in front of us. Oh my and we're, sitting, we're both sitting here. And he's got his bolt action 243. Um, we're both sitting here waiting for – and I'm like eyes peeled looking, even though my house is like right there. Mm -hmm. Like I think I said 75 yards. We're probably 100 yards. I think we have to be 100 yards legally. We're whatever the legal distance is away from a house. Well, we were a there. Yeah, we were there. But we're sitting there, and we've got this dead branch in front of us, and he's literally just sitting here, just like this, legs crossed, coffee up, steam's rolling in his face, just oh. drinking, <laughs> just drinking coffee. <laughs> Not being all incognito with full camo in the high no. trees. No, I can't even remember what he was wearing, but I'm sure he wears the same thing every day. I'm sure it was blue jeans with a like plaid button That's up awesome. shirt, right? That's awesome. And um, <clears throat> all of a sudden I see, so just like I'm sitting here, you would be right where my dad is. We're sitting side by side. Mm -hmm. I see some deer walk out over here and I'm like, oh, dad, some deer. <laughs> and he goes, oh, and he starts looking through his binoculars, and I say, can I see the rifle so I can see? Oh, no. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, so he hands me the rifle, right? And he thinks I'm looking through the scope You're just to looking. see the deer. Right, and you have a different mindset on that one. I got a killer mindset, yeah. and I am locked and I'm ready to go, right? 
and he underestimated how well I could operate that 243 because I'd already shot it several times. I knew where the safety was. I mean, I'd make sure the bolt was closed. I was golden. <clears throat> but I'm leaned across him, and at this point, it was about the time he got done with his binoculars and set them down. He decided that those weren't deer worth shooting. And so he's leaned back now, sipping his coffee. And I say, can I shoot? But I whisper, you know, can I shoot? Yeah. He didn't hear that. Okay. And so his initial response was, sure. Well, I shoot, and I'm telling you, my beer, my barrel was right here. Oh, my God. And he flips back coffee <laughs> all over him. The deer drops right where it was at. Okay, that's good. He's pissed. He's got he's covered in coffee. He's cussing, yelling. Yeah. And uh, I'm just thrilled. I'm like, oh, I just shot my first deer. Right. You know? So, like, I give him the rifle. I'm ecstatic. We run over there. And I thought it was a doe. It was a little mm. little yearling uh, spike that just had some nubs. I'm like, great. Right. It's not. My dad's like, it's not even a legal deer. He's pissed. <laughs> oh, I'm like, my. this whole situation could have gone a little better. Mm. Um but that was my very first whitetail I ever killed. So it's all been it's been uphill from there. Yeah. Um, now right. we actually go hunting, hunting, and not just step out the back door and right. definitely don't shoot across each other and shoot illegal deer. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, that, that's uh, that's pretty funny thinking that your dad flipped all the way back and spilled all the coffee. He yeah. probably was like he didn't think sensory overload of what just happened. So. Yeah, I still think he doesn't think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. He doesn't think so. Yikes. Oh my goodness. Uh, real quick, we're I'm gonna wrap it up pretty soon. One thing yes. that I do want to talk about is you've you've done a lot of work with Sightmark and uh, you've grown a lot with the company. Um as the company has grown too. Yes. I wanna just get your opinion on uh, you know, the evolution of Sightmark and the products that they've produced. I'll be honest and let and, and just say that, you know, Sightmark really got started kind of back in two thousand seven. They started off with like red dot sites. Um and bore sights and rifle scopes, but it was really just kind of a you know there's a hole in the market that we need to fill as like uh, that mid range optic to get mm-hmm. people out hunting. That was right. our biggest push. Is yeah. like we need to provide something that anybody can go get that and put on their gun, feel confident that it's going to operate well, just to get them involved in the lifestyle. Right, right. We were literally pushing out whatever we could get our hands on. And um, with that, we had a little bit of stumbles here and there. And since then, we've kind of developed our product line and really started being hyper-focused on making sure that we're putting out the absolute best quality of products Mm -hmm. that we possibly can. Have you seen that kind of transformation with Sightmark since you've started? Even since I've started, yes. Yes, I have. I mean, the the quality... um, from then and now is definitely different. And I think that's just part of life. Like yeah. everything get, gets that way. But right. from my perspective, what I've used, I mean, I've shot 2000 yards with one of the pinnacles. Yeah. So, you know, one of the cool things with Sidemark is they branch out into, you know, tactical style stuff as well as hunting yeah. and competition. And there's multiple avenues for people to be able to choose a product for their liking based on where they kind of want to start out with. Right. But they're not just entry level products. Right. So that's been really, really neat to see that. Yeah, we try to we're, we're trying to offer something for everybody, uh, whether you're a, a senior hunter or professional, um, 
you know, uh, shooter, you shoot competitions, mm-hmm. um, to a tactical, uh, person, somebody who might be involved in law enforcement try to offer a full scale of products, um, that are both backed most of the time backed up by lifetime warranties. A lot of people don't realize that, but right. we've wrapped that into a lot of our products because, Hey, we're offering the same quality products as some of our competitors mm-hmm. with the same warranties. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have that negative mindset about Sightmark, maybe, Give it a try. Give give one of uh, our products a try, and you might be pre- pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. I've been very successful, especially in the hunting aspect of it. I don't do quite as much yeah. competition, but, I mean, I've not had any problems. Well, I'll say on the hunting side of it, I personally, like I said earlier, I've been using the Wraith quite a bit. Yeah, um, tell me about your stories. Well, the Wraith, for me, the biggest thing with the Wraith, and I've got a tons, of, tons of stories on them, uh, but because we use them for marketing purposes, I probably won't talk about very much of them. Um, but the Wraith in itself, you talk about, first off, I'm a backwoods country kid who, like, I'm in Mansfield right now, but this is, like, as much city as I ever want to be in. I grew up, you know, I, I start my lawnmower by jumping the solenoid. You oh know, a lot goodness. of people don't understand that, but if you do, you know I'm redneck as hell. <laughs> I grew up on granddad's oh. optics, like traditional rifle scopes or even iron sights. So when I started working for Sightmark and I started dealing with digital optics, it's like a completely different game for me. It is. It really is. I was blown away by the capabilities of these units. And we talk about, like, you mentoring kids and parents being able to share, not just kids, but also young adults mm-hmm. and adults being able to share stories with their children. Right. Sightmark and other companies like Sightmark, anybody who's dealing into you know digital optics, the ability to record video and audio through these devices is absolutely uh, invaluable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about preserving moments for a lifetime. Yes. A child's first hunt, a parent's first hunt. You know, being able to go back home and show them exactly what you did. Like, mm-hmm. Look at this 200-pound-plus pig that was standing on the other side of the lake. Right. I'm on my horse, <laughs> and I shot him, yeah. and then I had to run him down and shoot him again. I did. I actually was using the, uh, the Ultrashot M-Spec and a magnifier from Sidewalk. Oh, there you go. On my 6.8 Razorback, of all things. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, but, like, if you have, and, like, if you were using a Wraith or even any of the Pulsar products where you right. can record those things, mm-hmm. it's like, being able, being able to have that option to record those and share those later, it makes it just even a little bit a little bit better. Right. And things that can just last a lifetime. I mean, my I have a two year old son; he's about to be three. I have a, a, a newborn daughter, and uh, Congratulations. I'm thank you. Your hands I'm, are going to be so full. <laughs> I know. Um, I am really excited about being able to take them on their first hunting trip when they're ready, mm-hmm. and I'm confident now that. You know, not only am I going to get to take them hunting, but I'm going to get to record what they're hunting right. and have that forever. Right. No, they'll look back and appreciate that. That way, if they somehow screw their life up in 15, at 15, 16 years old, they decide they hate they hate dad and they don't like hunting and they don't, they don't like the rednecks or whatever, I'll still have the evidence. Like, hey, at one point in time, you did it, you know? Oh, my goodness. Well, and on the flip side, too, you know, with some of the products that they offer, like if you don't have thermals or you want to get into that game, this is a great you know, avenue to, to start with yeah. because they're the great price point. They're great quality. Like you said, you can record. So yeah. there's a lot of good beneficial, you know, 
things to that. And when people ask me all the time, hey, you know, I don't know if I want to spend a lot of money for a thermal yet. Do you have any suggestions? And the Wraith is what I go to. Well, and speaking of that, I have a lot of friends that reach out to me, being that I work here, and they say, mm -hmm. hey, you know, I'm looking into getting started at thermal, you know, but I don't want to, I don't want to spend a ton of money. What unit should I get? And I don't even have that conversation with them. I say, honestly, what are you looking to spend? What's your max mm -hmm. spend? Mm -hmm. Because if they tell me anything under 2000 I say, you don't need to be looking at thermal, period. Like, you need to be looking at digital night vision. It's your entry into, at, at, at minimum, it's your entry into night vision. Right. Get you in at under uh, under $1,000. For $1,000, you can get a night vision rifle scope, a tripod system, and an upgraded IR light. Mm-hmm and be better off than most right. people are in Well, and time. realistically, the uh, the length, you know, you'll be <clears throat> shooting at night yeah. isn't going to be like 800 yards. Right, exactly. You know? And so knowing where you're hunting or knowing, you know, what that distance is going to be, I mean, that that's a that's great for that. Yeah, So absolutely. You need to check out this new product called the Trophy Shot that I kind of talked about earlier. Yeah. Because it basically, like, helps to, when you, you know, you shoot the deer, right? You, you stick his head in this holder from behind so yeah. you can't see it. Yeah. So you can actually like be in the picture with oh, really? like your, yeah, your yeah. son, your daughter. You don't have to like hold right. stuff yeah. up. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, especially when your kiddos start yeah. doing that, that'd be cool. That's one thing I wish I would have had was a picture with my dad with my first deer. Yeah. But of course, yeah. you know. Trophy shot? The trophy shot, yeah. And it's basically just a stand. The trophy shot. Uh, it goes behind the, the deer's like neck, kind of up under the jaw there, and yeah. helps like prop them up. And it comes back, you know, directly from the side. And the way that it's it's set up is where you don't see it, okay. which is kind of the idea of sure. being able to have, oh, that's you cool. know, a memory that will last a lifetime. So yeah. I, that's a pretty neat product. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let you go. Thank you so much for coming in. Before we head out, do you uh, I don't have any shout-outs or you want to give people your – uh, you know, social handles or anything like that. Sure. I mean, how are people going to find you yeah. if they're not already following you, which Correct. shame on you if you're not, if they're not, how do they find you? Oh, my Instagram is just my name, Caitlin Lowe's, K-A-I-T-L-Y-N-L-O-W-E-S. Okay. So I have some interesting things coming up in the future, so you might want to follow along. Very nice. All right. Thank you so Thank much, you for, so much for coming in.